Welcome to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Influence Accelerator Academy. I'm your host, Bill Cates. In each episode, I interview one of the financial service industry's top performers to learn their secrets to sustain success. These short interviews will get right to the heart of what each top advisor is doing to acquire more right fit clients. You'll be reminded, renewed, and inspired to take powerful action. You'll impact more lives and increase your income at the same time. Now, on to the show. Welcome, welcome. You know, before I get started, I want to let you know about a guide I've created that brings together some of my latest thinking in the area of referrals, introductions, communicating your value. And while the guide is free, I think you'll find it quite valuable. Uh, to get your copy, just head over to exponentialgrowthguide.com. That's exponentialgrowthguide.com. Now, have you heard the expression, culture eats strategy for lunch? Now, there's some debate as to who said that first. Some say Peter Drucker, uh, though there seems to be evidence to the contrary. Nonetheless, what it means is that the culture of an organization will dictate what strategies, or at least should dictate what strategies will be used in that organization to produce the results you want. And as a successful financial professional, what does that mean to you? Well, I contend that foundational to your success are not the strategies you choose to put in place for your business, although those are important, but rather the culture you build for your business. Your culture will determine the strategies that are right for you. Every business has a culture, either on purpose or by default. How about yours? Are, are you leading your business with the intent of creating and sustaining a specific culture, or has your culture grown without much purposeful intention? I believe that if a culture is based on a strong set of core values and you put strategies in place that reflect or are in line with those core values, those strategies will actually have a much better chance of creating your desired results. My top advisor guest for this episode has deliberately done that. He's built a culture designed to provide his clients with the best possible experience and at the same time allow his firm, including his staff, to flourish. So the net result of this intentional culture is that his clients do his marketing for him, meaning they have become advocates for him. They send qualified prospects to him on a regular basis. Who wouldn't want that? And he's been able to retain and attract great talent for his team, which I know is always a challenge. So Scott Leibfried became a financial advisor in 1998 when he founded Stackstone Wealth, a private wealth advisory practice headquartered in Dubuque, Iowa. Scott is definitely not all work and no play. He became a pilot in 2011, flying every week for business. He plays tennis, pickleball. I've heard those two don't normally go together, that one will screw up the other. And has recently picked up golf and golf, golf. Scott, I don't know if you've discovered yet that uh, people, most people have a love-hate relationship with golf. It's never too late to stop. Uh, welcome, Scott Leibfried, uh, A-P-M-A-C-H-F-C. Welcome to uh, Top Advisor Podcast. Oh, Bill, thanks so much for having me today. And uh, great intro. It's just a thrill to be here with you and uh, and and discuss and uh, trade best practices and and helping uh, those in our in our industry and that practice our craft to become excellent. Yeah, great. Well, it's this willingness to share ideas that 
permeates this industry, really. Not, not everybody, unfortunately, has that attitude, but most do, and I know you do. For those listening, Scott and I met on a panel at uh, a Dynamic Directions uh, conference in Nashville, and I know that in addition to everything else you do, Scott, you're one of Dynamic Directions' top-level coaches. I was so impressed by your message that I, I knew right away I wanted to get you as a guest on my podcast. Even halfway in the panel, I said, okay, this guy's going to make a great guest. So, But before we get to the topic at hand, that is attracting ideal clients and, and great talent by defining and, and building your culture. Tell us a little bit about your practice, such as the main type of work you do for your clients, how many team members, things like that. So our listeners have a little more context uh, where you're coming from. Sure thing. Uh, our, our practice, our main office is in Dubuque, Iowa, and we have two other offices in Rockford, Illinois, and Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Uh, there's 20 total members on the team across the three sites, 13 financial advisors. And there's only two that are not fully licensed. So a lot of paraplanners, we, we believe big in getting everybody, as many of us as possible, educated and licensed. And it shows that uh, we're serious about our craft and our business. We're, uh, we just went over the $1.3 billion under management uh, here this year. And um, we've grown both organically and through acquisition. Um, but la last year, we were, it, it was a great year for organic growth. We're intentional about that as well as, as you know, just about everything that we do. So there's a, we serve the, the millionaire next door, I'd like to say. It's a, the responsible mindset person that values advice and is fine paying for it. We provide goal-based advice for every client and meet them where they are. Uh, from the business relationship perspective. So um, that's a little summary in a nutshell of, of who we are and, and, uh, and where, we're at, where we are now, but we're, we're always working on growing. Yep, of course. And, and I think people can see now, staff of 20, culture is always important, but really becomes important as you grow larger. You didn't, I'm just curious about something. You got your pilot's license, I guess, in 11 or something like that. Do you use it to visit clients? Do you have clients in different parts of the state or country, or is it just for fun, for travel, for fun? I'm curious about that. Oh my, Bill, I thought this podcast was about culture. We could spend the whole time talking about flying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it, and it's uh, it's just been a joy. It is about 85% business where I'm seeing either clients or, or coaching clients. A lot of it's the coaching clients. I coach other financial advisors mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's served as just a great tool. And then, you know, going to conferences and other meetings, industry meetings, it's a, it's a dream come true. I pinch myself every time I go. <laughs> yeah. To stay awake at least. Um, so. <laughs> No, no problem with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure of that. So culture building is not a topic that financial professionals talk about much, right? Yet, as I mentioned, I believe that uh, culture building is pretty fundamental to someone's ability to maintain long-term success in this business, especially as one grows and scales like uh, you have. Would you agree with that perspective? And, and from there, what triggered your quest to build a culture? What made you start thinking about culture and, and being more purposeful? Well, it was well, several years ago, probably five years ago or so. I was really triggered by, I read a book called The New Gold Standard by, uh, it's about the Ritz-Carlton. 
And if you haven't, if you haven't heard of it, it's a great book. And when I think about the Ritz Carlton, as I was reading, they were talking about, they have all these, they have hundreds of, of mot- uh, hotel sites around the world. And they need to be assured that their guests around the world, no matter where they, their guests go, if they're going to the Ritz Carlton, they're getting the, you know, the premium experience as a guest. And the challenge is every individual has their own personal definition of what premium is or what clean is. I mean, if in my own house, my wife's definition of clean is different than my definition of clean. Boy, can I relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's just really hit me with our businesses and and, and nowadays in 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 our business it takes a team of people i mean the, the if we're even if it's a team of 2 or a team of 20 it's a team of people and and between any two individuals there is a culture there's a dynamic there's a culture and i believe if if as the, especially as the team grows larger unless we're intentional about defining the culture, the, it, it may become something that, it may grow into something that we really don't want and we really don't like. So that was, that's really where it hit me. It's like, we, I, I, we need to be intentional defining the culture in our business. Yeah, and I bet you once the dynamic gets created, sometimes it's hard to shift it back to a direction that you wanted to. It's probably easier to get started at first, but you had to do that. Obviously you had to establish a culture. And I know that you, uh, you developed something. I, I maybe borrowed it from the book, but you developed it for yourself uh, that you call a credo. And so I looked up credo in the, in the dictionary and it, it comes straight from the Latin word, meaning I believe, which kind of makes sense, right? So some synonyms, uh, synony- synonyms, synonyms. <laughs> I'm a professional speaker. Um, some synonyms <laughs> are doctrines, tenets, philosophy. So for you, I'm guessing your firm's credo is a set of beliefs or even standards that guide many of you, if not all of your, many of all the decisions that you make, right? And I mean, is that in line with your thinking? Is that what your credo is? What's your perspective on, on you developing your credo? And then we can get into what it is, but I just want to hear you talk about that a little bit. Oh, sure. Really where we started with developing it is all the individuals on the team at that time. Now we have a, you know, a lot of additional people uh, mm-hmm. since, but at the time we started out with the individuals on the team, we did individual core value exercises. And so everybody went through the exercise of what their personal core values are. Mm-hmm. And then um, we, re- we took a whole day and had a team building offsite and where every individual had the opportunity to share their core values with the others on the team, their personal core values. And as, as everyone started sharing with one another, we learned a lot about one another that, you know, certain things we didn't know. And it was great to understand that, you know, boy, I didn't really know that person put the same amount of emphasis on family that I do and so on and so forth. And so then out of this, we were able to develop the core values or the credo, and we call it the credo for our business, uh, for Stackstone Wealth. And, and so that's really 
how it, it it came to be, but then there's you. I mean, there's developing it as one thing, and it's taken the time and the energy to you know because hey, it's it's a costly investment to for everybody that shut down for a day and talk about our personal core. I mean, that there's business to be done, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so that was a, that, that's a big business to do uh, that sort of thing. And so with making that type of investment, I wanted to make sure that we were going to get a return on it after it was built. Right. So what I'd like to do is, is go through each, we have five, right? I'd like to go through each one, just mention what it is, flesh it out a little bit, what it, what it means to you, how you staff apply it to the business, and then kind of wrapping each one up with uh, what are the benefits to you, to the clients, to the team. So let's just flesh each out one. We'll do maybe three of them, and then we're going to have a really quick little break, and then we'll finish them up. And there's some other things to talk about as well, but uh credo number yeah. one what's what's yeah. the belief what's the the value yeah sh sure thing and and really what i think is is so important is that when others create their credo and this is what i coach on it's important that it's you yours and you believe in it and you own it and mm -hmm. so it, it the creation of and developing of your own is is really where is powerful um, and so the first point that we came up with is at Stackstone Wealth, we practice professional integrity. Okay. And so every single word in the credo is, is meaningful. And, you know, just the word practice, we're implementing, we're, we're working on it. And, and professional, I think it, that exudes it, itself. It's, we're not this is our, this is our craft. This is our profession. And I think it's easy to, it's, it's, uh, when you say profession, people know what you're talking about. Yeah. It elevates it. And so, and integrity. So how does that show up? What does that look like internally and or with clients? Oh, sure. Well, you, you know, and, and you put professional integrity together that can come into say your pricing or the, the choosing to onboard a per particular prospect or not, you know, part of the professional integrity, is this a relationship that can last? And if the, if the, if the value proposition isn't set right from the beginning, or in some cases, if it's a, a long-term client relationship, sometimes we need to reset the, the relationship. And in that we're thinking about, and this is where it guides our decision-making is, okay, is this relationship, are we practicing professional integrity here? Or is there something that needs to, to change? Because I also think in terms of, you know, professional integrity can turn into, it can mean economic integrity as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of professional integrity. We're professionals and we want to get the value proposition set right. So there's an example of, of how that can guide us into the decision-making when we're putting a relationship proposal together for a new prospect, we're thinking in terms of, all right, this is, a, uh, this is the right value proposition. So it's not just, I mean, when some people think of integrity, they think of, all right, you, you're doing what you say you will do. And I'm sure that's part of it too, right? What you Absolutely. promise to clients. Um, but it's also more than that. It's, I guess, practicing professional integrity could also mean following through on all of the other items in the credo, right? It's like, this is what we said is important to us, what we believe, what we want to do. 
and we're out of integrity if, if we're not following those things, correct? Right. Absolutely. And the consistency that goes along with integrity, you, you know, doing it one way for say one prospect or client and, and then totally switching it up for um, another prospect or a client or internally um, thinking in terms of how are we treating one another on the team and among the team? Are we treating one, one another? We're all professionals and you know, everyone on our Every, everyone that plays, plays their own role on our team and we're all professionals, we need to uphold each other to this professional integrity that we're talking about here. Gotcha. Good. All right. Number two. The second one here is we render a premium client experience. Okay. And so that's, uh, we're not our business. We're not, uh, low cost. And, and in low cost, uh, of course, is low relationship, low value. And so we have to render the premium client experience because if we're, if we're, if the value proposition is not low cost, it needs to be elevated. And we can't just have an elevated pricing structure with our clients without delivering on that. <laughs> and, and so um, the premium client experience goes to, you know, we're, we provide goal-based advice for every client relationship. And, and it goes to everything with the premium client experience. We have it. So if the lead advisor isn't available, there's always a, an advisor that's trained and, and, and seasoned that can really handle any, just about any incoming client's question or call. So they don't have to wait, or they don't have to wait a day for somebody to call them back. They're getting an immediate help with their issue. And it's, it's everything. It's everything from the smell of the lobby is the <laughs> premium client experience. It's everything from the, the, the type of water bottle they get uh, when they come in. It's not the it's not the low, it's, it's not what was on the sale rack at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. It's Fiji. It's the, and you know, that's just all these little things add up to be something huge. And uh, so that's our mindset. And, and, and in this, it's the decision-making that people on the team, when they're faced with the decision, it's things like, okay, well, is this rendering a premium client experience or how does this render a premium client experience? And then it doesn't always rest on, you know, the leadership shoulders on making decisions. They're empowered to make their own decisions based upon, mm -hmm. you know, what we have set forth here as being our credo. I've always had a, a standard, uh, I call it a standard here in my business and always choose in the direction of higher quality. So when there's always a choice, like for you, the choice between what bottle of water we're going to get or um, what chairs we'll buy for the office or, you know, whatever it may be, we always choose in the direction of what is a higher quality. And so I, I, you know, I think that applies or that fits to what you're talking about. Does this create that premium experience or not? Does it add to it? Does it take it away from it? Uh, all right. So we got integrity. We got premium ex client experience, uh, which I'm sure your clients feel they notice. Sometimes it's little things. Sometimes it's big things. Uh, what's credo item number three? Uh, number three is enhance our capabilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is all about, there's always more to learn. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't rest on what we know today. We need to be striving to deepen our understanding and whether it be the new CRM capabilities or or we have, we're really happy. We have two people sitting for the CFP exam here in March. And so anything looking to enhance, you know, where we're at today cannot remain the same. It, we mm-hmm. need to continue. And so that's, it's always in the top of our mind, how can we improve? And that's where the enhancing of capabilities comes into our credo. Good. Good, good. You know, uh, let, let's do one more and then we're going to, we're going to do a break and we're going to talk about something you call the X factor, uh, which I think people will find interesting, but let's, let's do one more and then we'll take our word from our sponsors. So what's number four? Number four is strive for prosperity. Oh, okay. So it's not just about, well, let's put it this way. It, it, it's also about building a profitable business, right? <laughs> well, that's part of it. it you yeah. know, it, it's, uh, and we, we cannot forget in our business, if we're not bringing in new business and, uh, you know, the data suggests that generally you're going to have, if you're doing everything great, mm-hmm. you're going to have about 4% natural outflows just because people taking distributions, their people pass away and so on. People give it the charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so there's this natural and so just to stay even, we need to be bringing, we need to be onboarding new clients. We need to be bringing in, in more business. And, um, and so this is like, we cannot forget about this. And so striving for prosperity, um, but also, you know, striving for prosperity for the business at large, striving prosperity for the individuals on our team and, you know, helping our clients strive for their own prosperity is really number one. And then everything comes out of that. And uh, so that's in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. you know, that the striving for prosperity, keeping that, that maybe that that's the importance of selling on the forefront. And I think I remember when we, we chatted to prepare for this, that was kind of one I mean, all of these were developed in conjunction with you and your team. And that one was kind of one you insisted on. Is that, am I getting that right? You're, yeah, you're right on. Um, and, you know, out of everybody's personal core values is, you know, at the top of the list was always family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. And, and so, okay, that's a given. Now let's, uh, this is as a business, this is something that, um, needs to be important and and really needs to be at the forefront. And if it's not, you know, things wane over time. Right. right. So everybody's involved in one way or another in the prosperity of the clients and the prosperity of the business. Otherwise, there is no business to serve the clients, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, all right. So I, I, there's, I know there's one more in your credo and there's something that you call the X factor. I want to talk uh, about. So a few other questions I have for you. I hope folks are finding this helpful. Uh, but first let's take a real quick break uh, with a word from our great sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. It's tough to be seen as an expert if you're spending most of your time as a salesperson. That's why we help industry experts like you spend less time selling and more time advising by turning you into a trusted subject matter authority. We help amplify your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. Visit ProudMouth.com to learn more. 
With me today is Scott Leibfried, founder, president, CEO of Stackstone Wealth, as well as a top coach with Dynamic Directions. He helps other advisors with this culture building thing. And we're discussing how to build a culture with your practice to provide a high-level client experience, to attract more high-level clients, and to retain and attract high-level talent. Uh, as promised, I want to finish up with the credo, item number five, and then we're going to get to what we call the, you know, Scott called the X factor, and then a couple other questions as well. So Scott, item number five in the credo, please. Yeah, item number five in our credo is impact our community in a positive. There's so much with this, you know, a lot, a lot of it goes without being said, I, I, I think. Just like the other points in the credo, we really want to put this on the forefront of our minds and to be good stewards within our community and be involved with our community and giving back to our community. There's just so much um, good that comes out of it. And there's a lot of congruency um, that, that comes from this. And it adds a lot of meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, it just adds a lot of meaning to our team and our culture. And, and so, you know, really... And then we share, we share the, how everyone's participating and adding, adding value within the community. Cause we're just, you know what, we're, we live in the USA and my, it's uh we're, we hit the lottery just by being here. And it's just, it, 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 it feels good to, to participate and give back. Hmm. So if I got this right, we've got integrity, right? So making sure that we act with integrity. I know it's not the exact words. I'm getting the keywords here. Provide a premium experience to clients. Enhance capabilities, ongoing improvement, ongoing education, prosperity, contribute to the prosperity of the clients as well as the firm. And then the last one was that community participate and, and give back and be active in the community. So the X factor, what, what is that? How does that apply to this conversation? The X factor is basically don't be intentional and create and go through the investment in, in creating uh, a credo or your core values and, and then put it on the shelf. And I think we may have all experienced in our lives, you know, where, wow, this is great. And then it just gets put up on the shelf and we look at it maybe a year later. <laughs> so that really the X factor is at least on a weekly basis. As a team, we talk about our credo and it is at the forefront. So we'll go around the room in a team meeting, an individual, every individual has their opportunity and they'll pick out one bullet, say, this week, I, I rendered a premium client experience. And then they'll go on to tell a little story on what they did that, that hit on that particular credo point. And then, you know, the next person might pick another credo point. And then as we're telling these stories to one another, um, there's a lot of overlap. Sure. And it's just, it's, 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 it brings it alive and it's, it's always top of mind and it's in front of everybody all day on their computer screen. And so that's really the, the X factor is whatever uh, a business would develop is. And if, if we're being mindful of being intentional and defining who we are, it's keeping that really at the surface and not forgotten. Right. Makes sense. So you're living it, breathing it, talking about it all the time and not just something you put on the shelf. So 
I, let's shift just a little in the sense of how has this work that you've done and continue to do, how does that, I think it's pretty obvious how it creates the client experience, enhances the client experience, but I'm curious about how it impacts client acquisition. Is there a, a direct line to what you can see, how this culture you've built has increased client acquisition? Is it a dotted line? Uh, help me Help us understand that a little bit. Well, I'll start with saying I, we live, our office is about 15 minutes from the field of dreams. Ah, okay. And, and so that whole thing is if you build it, they will come. <laughs> uh, that's, that's so much of what we've seen is as we have zeroed in on this, I, I think in terms of with our business and client acquisition is be a magnet. And so build your magnet and, um, and because it's every one of these points and then out of this with existing clients, they're like, this is, if it's long-term clients, they're seeing that, wow, this is really better than it ever has been where we've really seen a lot of gains with, with, after we built the credo and, and been an intentional with things. And then out of that has been our new client onboarding experience. And it really has started the snowball at, uh, especially the last three years, I would say there's, there's such, uh, our intentionality around every little, uh, aspect to the client onboarding experience. It's such a wow that it's really, it's fresh and top of mind for these new clients. And that's where we're seeing the referrals come more from the newer clients. And, and we're now our, our long-term clients have experienced, they've seen the change. They've definitely seen the change. Um, we're getting referrals there too, but um, especially that new client onboarding experience. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, we already have one interview that's been posted with Brian Sweet, who talks about his onboarding experience. He calls it the 90 day dazzle. We have an episode with Rod Gibbings who talks about, uh, he calls it the uh, transition navigator, this onboarding that you just mentioned. Some people think of it as the first 60, 90 days could be, could be longer, but there actually really is an opportunity to stand out and to become referable very quickly in, in, in a new relationship when, when you show up the way that, that you guys show up with that premium experience. So I wanted to just finish up, Scott, with a question about what gets you, what are you optimistic about now in terms of your business, in terms of the industry? What, what gets you excited moving forward right now? For our industry at, at the time, that there's a lot of assets and there's a lot of need that's in transition. There's this, you know, it's the supply demand thing and there's a lack of supply of, of good advisors out there and advisors are retiring at a faster pace than, than new people are coming into the business. And so we have this, this enormous opportunity and which we need to be careful with, I think, because it's about getting the value proposition right. And, and that may involve saying no to some opportunities that we might've been tripping over ourselves to get 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. We might need to say no to some of these things so that we open up space for right-sized opportunities moving forward. It's just, 
There it is. And, you know, another piece of data I was just looking at here is that that responsible mindset, $500,000 plus client or prospect market, call it what you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Just two years ago, the average age was 54. Now it's 49. This such a aha for me is we've just been through this really big, how many years have we been talking about? It's the baby boomers and it's the boomers and this massive transition uh, on the boomers. And some of the the recent data suggesting in a large way, that wave, we're at the end of that wave. And now this next wave is in their forties and fifties now. And the wave of opportunity, these people are in their 40s and 50s, and the, these people have different expectations than the people that were in the prior wave. They're just different expectations, and we need to be, we need to be prepared to deliver on the expectations of this next wave. And part of my motivation is fear of failure. And I want to be ready. I want to be ready to serve and be ready to be where this next wave of opportunity is. Makes sense. Uh, And you've got the staff to do it. Uh, Our guest today has been Scott Leibfried, founder and CEO, Stackstone Wealth, headquartered in Dubuque, Iowa, uh, with a couple other offices. Uh, Scott, thanks for being my guest on Top Advisor Podcast. Oh, thanks so much, Bill. This has been a blast. And thank you for all the great work that you do. You provide such a great value to all of us out here and uh, bringing this sort of information. It's just awesome. Great. Well, thank you for that. So for those listening, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you head over to referralcoach.com forward slash resources, sign up for our weekly tips, access a ton of free guides and scripts, uh, take a look at our uh, the Kate's Academy for Relationship Marketing. This is Bill Cates reminding you that ideas do not make you more successful. It's only acting on those ideas that will bring you the success you desire. Thanks for listening. This is Bill Cates, and you've been listening to the Top Advisor Podcast sponsored by Proudmouth. Be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss the latest show. And feel free to share this and other episodes with your colleagues. And if you want to learn more about the work I do with other top advisors, just go to referralcoach.com.